Well, good morning, everybody. Hey, I could hear you singing out. So thanks for giving that encouragement uh, last, uh, last week. That was great. It was, it was really good. It's great to have you all here on this Father's Day. We're going to be uh, talking about what it means to honor your father and mother today. So before we talk about what it means, let's, uh, let's do it. If you are a father, could you just raise your hand and the rest of us show them some love this morning. Congratulations. Also, um, let's, I have a special award, and this is a classy award right here. Um, they, when, the, when the awards come in, in uh, by the gross, um, you know that it's a classy, classy award. <laughs> and uh, so here, this award is for the person who has been a father the longest. So, um, do we have anyone in here that has been a father 25 years or more? Could you stand up? Oh, look at that. Look at, hey, a bunch of you. Give them a hand, too. That's, that's wonderful. All right. Remain standing if you've been a father for 30 or more years. Wow. About 35 or more? Really? 40 or more. Been a father for 40 or more years. Oh, I wish I had more medals. We got two? 45 or more? 45? 40? How many? 45? 46? Keep going? What, what are we at? <laughs> Dell, good job. 52 years. Here it is. I bestow you with it. You don't have to wear this if you don't want to, but congratulations, Dan. That's great. Wow. That's okay. So then on the other end of the spectrum, other end of the spectrum, uh, let's go youngest. All right. So the person who has had the most recent baby. All right. Let's have all of you who are one year and less. Why don't you stand up? One year and less. Do we have any of those? I know we have them in our... Oh, there they are. Hold. Oh, look at that. He's going for the heart strength thing, too. He's got the prop. How do you compete? You don't... Uh, where, where are you at? Der- or Eric? Ten months. Four months. Four months. Oh, we got to give you guys... Give you, oh, I've got nothing, too. There we go. We gotta, we'll get the medal down here, too. I'm going to... I hope I don't squeak by there. Here is your medal. And I also got a Babies R Us gift card for you there, you. complete with a coupon. So you can get some of those. Uh, I haven't, I, there's one in Roseville, and I hadn't been in there since it was a Toys R Us. And they, I walk into this thing, and it's, have any of you seen the Roseville Babies R Us? I'm like, man, there's a lot of stuff you can spend money on on babies these days. Well, we do, we, it is so fun. So we're, we're four months, right? And what are the Crenshaw babies like just? Three months, two months, something like that. We have some, it's just fun that we've got from 52 years down to, um, to one month. We have someone that's even a month. It's just, we have, we have fathers here that are in, in just so many different stages. And that is so healthy for us as a church to have this, this spectrum. To have people who, who are not just fathers, but also grandfathers. To have people that have babies on the way. How many of those you don't have to admit it if you, it's still a secret. Um, you don't have to, even though we're in church together. Um, but if, if, you, if you're telling people, if you're telling people, and, uh, and you've got a baby on the way, how many of those dads do we have? Uh-uh, congratulations. So it's just fun. We've got, I saw a bunch of the dads, uh, I live in Shoreview, and so I saw a bunch of the dads here for T-ball. This place was crazy. We had T-ball pictures. Remember those stages and all the, Colored shirts and all that. So it, it's, it's fun. We've got this range of dads. We also have a number of people who aren't technically a dad, but you're a father figure, and that is so biblical. 
Um, the Bible, Bible talks of being fathers to the fatherless. And we have so many of you, some of you who are also biological dads, who, um, who are fathers to the fatherless, who are, who are functioning in that capacity. We commend you. Some of you who have adopted kids, some of you who married into kids, um, we have dads that are just take all, all shapes and forms. And it's great to have you here today. And today what we're going to be looking at is what does it mean to honor Honor fathers. How do, how do, we, how do we do that? Um, on Mother's Day, we talked about honoring your mother. And we looked at a couple verses. Here are the two primary passages we looked at. If we could put those up on the screen from Exodus and Deuteronomy. The Exodus 20 passage is when this command from God was first given as one of the Ten Commandments. That's where that comes from. And it says, honor your father and mother that you may live long in the land the Lord is giving you. And then the Deuteronomy passage is Moses reviewing these Ten Commandments. And in the review, he adds a little bit of commentary. Honor your father and mother as the Lord uh, your God has commanded you so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land your Lord is giving you. Now, on, uh, on Mother's Day, we looked at these passages, and if you weren't here on Mother's Day, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast. There's so much to these two passages. There's not a lot of words here, but the richness, when you unpack it, it's, it's tremendous. So much so that we're not going to spend hardly any time reviewing anything that we talked about on Mother's Day. Not that that doesn't also apply to fathers. A lot of that does. But if you, if you didn't listen, I encourage you to go back because there's so much to these passages. And because our time's limited, we're going to focus on some things that we didn't cover with the moms, in particular some things that I think um, really uh, especially, especially uh, matter to dads. So if you're, a, if you're a note taker, or even if you're not, why don't you pull up the lime green sheet. Sorry, I ran out of the, the more muted green, so we've got this electric thing popping out of our brochures today, or bulletins. Um, but let's, let's start with this point. Here's where I want to start today. We're going we're gonna to end up with a lot of grace, all right? So, so hang in there, dads. But before we get there, um, it's going to be a little uncomfortable here. Uh, but I feel like we need to press into this. And here, here's the, the thing I want to press into at the beginning. It's a lot easier to honor fathers who live what? Honorable, Honorable lives. It is a lot easier to honor fathers who live honorable lives. And fathers, if we don't live honorable lives, we make it really, really tough on our families, much more so than, um, than, than you might even suspect. Uh, we're going to look at some, some stats and things today in a little bit. Um, but before we do that, I, I want to just, you know, um, me, I don't know if it's making excuses or what, but I just want to say for the record, we don't have a lot of examples of, of honorable dads um, out there, uh, whether it's in the Christian church or not. Here's an example of a recent... Um, uh, thing that I, that I saw that I really took note of. Um, have any of you ever watched Celebrity Apprentice? All right. The celebrity, the, the, Donald Trump has had a whole lot of versions of the show called The Apprentice where he takes these people in and, and it's a contest. It's a reality show. Reality show. Um, they, where they, they take these people in and then they, they divide them into teams and then each team has a project they have to do and then whichever team wins the project they're, they're good. If you lose the project, somebody from your team gets fired by Donald Trump. So the, the latest version of this, they called it Celebrity Apprentice, and they brought all these celebrities in. And this time, the people who were kind of like judging the thing were Donald Trump in the middle, and then to your left, that's his son, Donald Jr., and then to his right, I believe that's his daughter, right? Okay, I, I don't know what her name is, but that doesn't matter because I'm not talking about her today. We're talking about dads and sons. So we have this father and son, father and son combo, all right? Well, it matters to her mom and all that. Okay, um, 
I'm watching this episode, and I didn't see all of them, but I saw this episode where they had to, um, to uh, make a condo, do a condo makeover. And maybe some of you saw this episode too. And in this episode, the two teams there, they're making over this condo, and Cindy Lauper was on one of the teams. <laughs> Go 80s. I, anytime I can work the 80s in, I just got it. Um, and so Cindy Lauper, Cindy Lauper is on one of the teams, and she creates this crazy red room. They realize, Cindy Lauper, we got to just give you a project because you're just, you're, you're Cindy, and we just got to get you out of, so just go do your thing, Cindy. So she does her thing, and she creates this crazy red room. Well, when all the contest was over, Cindy Lauper's team lost, but the judges, when they were saying the best thing about your loss was that crazy red room. So that's what these, these judges were thinking. Not these guys, but these other people who professionally evaluate Crazy red rooms, among other things. So, so they come into the boardroom, right? And so the losing team is all there. And the, the project manager of the team that lost, her name was Holly. And so as they're going, and they're, 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 the, the Trumps are just ripping into Holly and the rest of the team, it comes out that the judges, what they liked best about the losing effort was the crazy red room. Well, Holly somehow, as she's talking, she says, yeah, that was, that was Cindy's idea. I couldn't believe what transpired after that. They start ripping Holly for telling the truth. It kind of started with Donald. He, he kind of took the lead, and he's like, why would you just say that? That's the thing that was the best, and someone's going to get fired. Why would you just say something that, that maybe would make us want to keep Cindy? And I'm going, what is this? And then his son, Donald Jr., he, he, these are his words. He says, that was a tactical error. That was a tactical error, direct quote. A tactical error. Telling the truth was a tactical error. These guys have a lot of money. They've got stuff. They've got all the status symbols you could think of. A lot of it's very gaudy, but they have these status symbols. I don't care how much status symbols. If he was my dad, I would be so embarrassed. I, it would be so hard for me to honor these people after they got up in front of millions and said this is a tactical error. And I don't care if it was they really believed that or if it was for ratings. Either way. In fact, it's more dishonorable if they did that for ratings. Integrity is a tactical error. Here's some good news for fathers. Can we put up the next slide? Here's a, here's a picture, equally professional. Um, <laughs> that's me and my dad back in the day. Right there. Got a, look at that. I was Nike Cortez first time around, people. First time around. Um, the, the reason I put this up is, dads, you don't need to have tons of money to be honorable. My dad did not have tons of money. You know, I remember the government, government cheese kind of thing. I remember a lot of this, this kind of stuff. You know, uh, the, you don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to have status symbols. You don't have to have people that make you all up. This guy out here, it's so hard for me not to work him into every message because I hold him in such high regard. I hold my dad in such a place of honor. There's no other man on the planet that I hold in higher regard. And it's not because he had a lot of money. And it's not because he had the status symbols. And it's not because he could boss people around. It's because of who he was. In particular, who he was at home. And that's something I want us to look at. Can we put up that first uh, Timothy passage? I strongly, strongly, strongly believe that honor begins at home. It should carry through everywhere, but honor begins at home. First Timothy 5.8, do we have that, Dory? Um, it, it says this, If anyone 
does not provide for his relatives, especially for his immediate family. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And that is certainly true of material things, but how much more so with the stuff that really matters? Providing for them. Dads, you're, you're, you're more replaceable any place except home. You are least replaceable at home. You know, and here are some stats. I, I knew that they were going to be strong. I, didn't, I haven't looked at the stats for a while. I used to do this all the time in youth ministry, but um, take a look at some of these stats. Here, dads, influence matters. Fatherless children are twice as likely to drop out of school. It doubles. Let's see the next one. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. Next one. 72% of teenage murderers grew up without fathers. Keep going. 75% of adolescent patients in substance abuse centers are from fatherless homes. 90%, this one, this one caught me by surprise. I knew it would be high, but 90%? 90% of all homeless and runaway youth are from where? Fatherless homes. And then look at this next one. Um, In fact, this one is so high, they thought it was a a typo. They looked it up themselves. Vulnerability to rape and sexual abuse for girls increases by how much? 900% when the biological father is absent. Does dad's influence matter? It matters. Dad's influence matters Huge. It affects everything. It affects everything from, from scholastic achievement to criminal behavior to substance abuse. You know, it, it, it matters. Um, I want to show you something else, too. It doesn't just matter with these things. It matters in the church. Um, it's harder to find some of these stats, but they did a study in Sweden that, um, that got a lot of, a lot of press. Um, here, take a look at this. Um, parental influence on church attendance. Now, if neither parent attended church regularly... of their children when they were adults became regular churchgoers, all right? So if this is neither parent goes to church, only 4% become regular churchgoers, and 80% are non-practicing, okay? So that's if neither parent goes. Let's show the next next one. Um, Now, if mom and dad both attend regularly, then 33% of their adult children became regular churchgoers. You see the difference there? From 4 to 33%. And also look at the difference in non-practicing. If neither parent goes, 80% don't go at all, but it drops down to 26% if, um, if, if both go. Now, let's start to, to parse this out even more. Here's what happens if mom goes, but dad doesn't. If mom attends church regularly and dad just goes once in a while, look at that. This is mom going regularly almost every Sunday, but dad doesn't. Only 3% become regular churchgoers. And then 38, almost 40%, don't even practice at all. And that's if dad only goes once in a while. Okay, next bullet. If mom attends regularly but dad doesn't go at all, only 2% of their adult children become regular churchgoers. And look at how the next one shoots up. Almost doubles non-practice. Okay, now I want to show you something. No, go ahead. You're, you're reading my mind. Okay, this stat you've already seen. This is mom going regularly, but dad non-practicing. Look what happens when we flip this. This is now dad, if we could put the next one on there. Look what happens if dad goes regularly, but mom is non-practicing. For those listening, if dad goes regularly and mom is non-practicing, 
38% of the adult children become regular churchgoers. Only 18% are non-practicing. Doesn't that just blow you away? It's, it's crazy. Does dad's influence matter? Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is in Sweden, so I'm sure there's some contextual differences. But I remember, I mean, I, I did youth ministry full-time for 16 years. And I worked in the school system and I coached. And I can't think of anything that I saw cause more pain in more teens than fathers who were living dishonorable lives. Dishonorable towards God, dishonorable towards the family. I can't think of anything that caused more pain in more people. It is so important for us as men to live honorable lives. Whether you're a dad or you're not, it's so, so important. And young men, this really, I was really thinking this a lot this week, how important it is for you to start now. You know, to not just wait until you're older and say, okay, I'll be more honorable now. Because you face decisions all the time. You've been facing uh, trials and temptations since you were born. And I started thinking of it, it's kind of like a muscle. The more you exercise it now, the stronger you're going to be when temptations are even, when there's more on the line. You know, I think of, I think of some of the young teens and, and how you're, you might be tempted to cheat on a test. And that might feel like a huge temptation, but what's on the line you know, you could, get, you could get caught in addition to your integrity. What's on, that, that's online. And I don't want to downplay that, but you're going to be tempted as an adult. You're going to be tempted. You might run into a boss like the Trumps. And they're like, you compromise your integrity. You, you've got to sign off on this, even though it's wrong. You've got to sign off on this because if you don't, it's going to cost our company a million dollars. And if you can't say no to cheating on that test, how in the world are you going to say no to, when your job's on the line? It's like a muscle, exercising it now. And I think of, of, of the guys who right now, in, in a dating relationship, you're, you're tempted to, to, to exchange your honor for some temporary pleasure, some temporary excitement, a temporary emotional rush. That's what your, your temptation is. And I don't want to underplay that. But when that same temptation comes and you're married, your entire family's on the line. Your entire family's on the line. And if you can't say no now, and you say, don't say no later, so you get my point here? So, so right now, start exercising this authority muscle. Start living an honorable life. Because then over time, you're going to look like this. This is you when it comes to temptation. <laughs> yeah, don't look at me. Look at the screens. Yeah, don't look at this. No. This is you, right? There's temptation. I smash puny temptation, you know. Um, that's what we're going for, right, guys? That's what we're going for. And I want to quick commend, I got a couple more medals here. Um, last week I saw something really neat. Um, a bunch of teen guys come early to help out. And last week, I mean, I'm always, I'm always impressed with our teen guys, but, but I wasn't particularly impressed. There were a group of them, they'd come early, they'd already been working in the morning, and they just sit, sat down to take a little break out in the lounge. Well, I noticed that Isaiah was setting stuff up all by himself. And so, I'm like, so I go up to the group of guys, I'm like, guys, um, can you guys help? Can you help set up? Uh, can you go help Isaiah? Without even batting an eye, they were like, you bet, and boom, off they go. So Carl, I see you're still here. Palmer's not here. It was Palmer, Carl, and Tim Rockford. I don't see Tim. But Carl, come on up to thunderous applause. We got a medal for you. There we go. Congratulations. Wear this proudly. You know, I, and I'm so excited because the contrast, Carl, that that makes like right here in, in the Shoreview Community Center, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm in contact with them pretty regularly here. And you know, they, they talk about the teen guys, and they're like, oh, the teen guys. 
you know, because the team guys are the ones that take the ketchup and smash it, you know, and that kind of stuff. The team guys are the ones they have, find, have to find all the corners and shoo them out of and all that kind of stuff. What a difference, you know, your example sets for believers, for non-believers. So, so good job. So do we got this thing? Man, it's going to be so much easier for everybody if we live honorable lives, and it starts now because it, it makes a huge difference, in it, and it starts right now. In fact, the commandment to honor your father and mother that whole thing contextually doesn't even make a lot of sense if we're not doing that. It's totally related. Us being honorable and, and us honoring our parents, the two are completely related, and that's what we're going to look at here um, right now. If you brought your Bibles, let's open up to Deuteronomy. Uh, let's go first, if you brought your Bibles, I want you to do this on purpose, even though the words are going to be on the screen for Deuteron- in Deuteronomy 6. If you have your Bibles, open up to, the, to Deuteronomy 5.16 where we find that, that commandment as retold by Moses to honor our father and mother. So look up 5.16, and I just want to show you again how these things are so related. Keep that on the screen, Dory, just like you got it. But if you have your Bibles, look, look where Deuteronomy 5.16 is, just kind of on your page. And now what we're going to do is we're just going to keep, keep reading from there. And we'll start with um, chapter 6, which is right after chapter 5, starting with verse 3. Yeah, brilliant. This is... That's the training you get in seminary. It is unbelievable. <laughs> but again, I want to do this because this is, this is the context. He gives us this command, but look what comes right after the command. So, in, well, let's just read it. All right, um, Deuteronomy 6, starting with verse 3. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, referring to these, these commandments, that it may go well with you, same language, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And now look what you're supposed to do with these words, do with these commands. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates." You see, these principles, they're, they're so interrelated. Fathers, one of the reasons to live an honorable life is because you're a link in this chain. And you're to show them what honor looks like. You're to live it out. They're to understand God as Father because they're seeing it lived out right before them. That's a huge part of what's going on. And then for children... Honor your parents because you too are linking that chain. So as this is handed down to you, you continue to pass that down with others. Now, there's a whole lot more going on here than that, but that's what I really want to emphasize today, that these are so interrelated. So interrelated. All right, let's, let's keep reading. Let's jump ahead to um, 6.20. Let's go to 6.20 through 25. When your son asks you in the time to come, What is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded you? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And you just say because. Well, you can say more than because. You can read out of 21. Then you shall say to your son or daughter, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. 
And the Lord showed us signs and wonders, great and grievous, against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there, that, we, that he might bring us in and give us a land that he swore to give to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. Here's what I want to pull out of that. In this situation, the the men had a testimony. They were able to do these things because they could look back and say, we're doing these things because we serve a mighty God. And God delivered us out of Pharaoh's hands. And and God, 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 he, he brought us to this place. And so we're doing these things out of a response to this amazing God. That's why we're doing it. You know, and I started thinking, well, many of us, most of us, we don't have a testimony like that, you know? But we all can have some sort of a testimony that follows this pattern where you could, you know, you could just be looking at your life and go, yeah, my life was a complete train wreck. You bet. But maybe some of you have that testimony where you can say to your son, to your daughter, to those who ask, yeah, that's the way I used to live, but I don't live like that anymore. And when I lived apart from God's ways and I just did my own thing, it, it was horrible. It was far worse than it was now. But since I've been doing my best in the spirit of God to follow God, look at these changes, look at, look at the difference. And I can think of a whole bunch of people, guys in particular, it was what they saw in their dad's conversion and the changes that were happening in their dad that enabled them to be able to say, this is real, this is true, I want this too. So wherever you are in your faith, wherever your past life has looked like, starting from this day forward, allowing God to change you gives you a story. It gives you a testimony. It gives you something to to follow that pattern with. And if you think your life is bad, I mean, we got examples in the scripture that are worse. The the reading for today, today's devotional reading, we have a Bible reading that we encourage people to consider. And today's reading from Luke 8, this guy was demon-possessed. In fact, he was possessed by so many demons when Jesus said, what is your name? They said, Legion, because there's so many of us. And at the end of the story with, with this guy, Jesus, after the demons are cast out, so this guy's got a horrible thing. He was living in the tombs, all this kind of stuff. Um, he was, Jesus said, now you go and you, you do what? You tell what the Lord has done for you. You can all do that. We can all do that. We can all follow this pattern starting today. We can all start saying, yep, since I've been following Christ, here's what he's done for me. So you don't have to look back and disregard or, or lie about your past. You can admit it, especially as God is changing us now. Okay, so, but now we need to turn a, turn a corner here because I, I want to address a, a real important thing briefly here. Um, and that is, that is this. It, it's one thing to say, okay, here's my life. And yep, I had a messed up life and I was not honorable at all but I'm trying in God's power to be honorable from this point forward. What do you do when there's no acknowledgement about that you know, with, with your father? What do you do in that situation? Let's take a look at that. Um, what, what if my father's not honorable? Let me give you two things you can do. And these are principles. This is not, okay, go do this and everything's going to be rosy. You know? But here are two principles to guide you as you go forward. Um, principle number one is to honor your father's commands. Heavenly father's commands. Catch that distinction. 
to honor your heavenly Father's command. Start there. Because you may be put in situations where it's dad is telling you to do something that is not God-honoring. And in those situations, you honor God. One of the things that we did look at on Mother's Day was the meaning of this word um, that's used about honor. And the word is kabed. And one of the things that we found out was that kabed is frequently used talking about honor between people. It is rarely used for God's honor. And I wonder and speculate if that wasn't intentional. That, that this command is not set up, give, give God the same honor that you give your father. That's not what's being said. Your earthly father, God, you honor him first and foremost. And there may be situations where that's where you need to do. But even when you do that, this next one is so important, honor your earthly father's office. Office means a couple different things. The meaning of the word here is his position, his God-given position of authority. Even when you're in a situation, even if you're in a situation where you need to to not do something your earthly father says because it's not God-honoring, even in those situations, you still are to honor your father's office. Because even though the language is slightly different, the language is strong. And again, I'd encourage you to go back and listen. We spent more time on this. That The way the Ten Commandments was given, it was given in the form of, I am God, you are not. Do this. And that's the way this, this, this commandment, that's the overall context, and that's how it is. It's not honor your father when he's honorable. Because you would not want a command that says, honor you when you're honorable. <laughs> I tell you that, right? It's not. You're, to honor your earthly father's office. Treat him with respect. So, um, so those are a couple principles going forward. Let me give you three quickly, three great reasons to honor your father. Here you go. You, know, you might be thinking, well, why would I do this? Why would I do this? All right, number one. What's number one? Because God said so. And I wish we had more time. In fact, I made a note to self. Sometime I want to spend an entire message wrestling with this. If we could learn to honor God because he says so, it would change our lives. In particular, this command. If we started to learn to just honor our fathers because God said so, we would start to learn about honoring our Heavenly Father and trusting Him at times when it doesn't make sense to trust Him. If we grew up with that pattern, especially if God, fathers were doing what they're supposed to be doing. Okay, so one great reason to honor your father because God said so, that should be enough, but in case you want more. Um, here, you can fill in a blank here. Here's another reason to honor your father because you are not as infallibly brilliant as you think. You know, and even a dad whose life is a complete mess, God uses fathers. And God may be giving you a specific word through him that is what you're supposed to hear. And, and if you're doing the best you can to say, God, I'm trying to honor you, the Holy Spirit will speak. He spoke through donkeys. And I'll let you insert your own jo- joke there, okay? So you are not as infallibly brilliant as you might think honor your father. He might have something important to say. And then the third one here, and this is so important, honor your father because you are more likely to inspire change through honor than disrespect. There might be times where everything in you says, I am not respecting this man. I am going to show him nothing but the disrespect he showed me. And I am not saying you should forgive someone who is not repentant. I am not saying you should do something that puts you in danger. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying respect the office. And here's one of the reasons. The, if you respond with disrespect, is that going to help anything other than how you feel in the moment? No. Think of the example Christ showed for us. He showed unparalleled forgiveness. He showed unparalleled patience. He served. He loved. And God being God knows that's the best chance you have to change a human heart. 
So one of the best chances you have, whether you're a son, whether you're a daughter, whether you're a wife, one of the best ways you have of changing a father's heart is by showing respect. It might not happen right away. It might take years. But one of the best chances you have is to show respect. And as we close, let me show you a couple ideas that I have and some other guys sent in um, some ways to honor dad. So let me just touch on these briefly. Let me first take a drink. It's only water. I'm not gaining up any courage or anything like that. Here we go. Seven ways to honor your dads. Speak respectfully. Speak respectfully. And it might be so hard, you might have to go and punch some walls and stuff after you're done or before. But learning to speak respectfully as you speak to fathers is a great way to honor dads. And number two, ask for help and advice. Most men are fixers. And there is no greater way you can honor many of us than let us try to fix. And as we said with the moms, because we put this one up there similar in a similar way, um, you don't have to listen to what we say. But just the very asking for advice is a way to show honor, and letting us help is a way to show honor. Number three, affirm his attempts. Don't mock his performance. Oh, oh I would love to spend some more time on this. All right. Um, this is true in all areas of life, but specifically at home, this is some of the best advice I can give moms and, and kids. All right. Affirm his attempts. Don't mock his performance. Most of us guys, we did not grow up playing house. We grew up playing games where somebody won and somebody lost. There was lots of destruction and games like that, right? In fact, I'm looking back. I cannot think of a game that I self-selected as a kid that did not involve somebody winning and somebody losing or there's some sort of conflict or some sort of destruction. Every game had that. So we don't grow up knowing how to do any of this stuff, you know? So when we try something and we get mocked at home, like, oh, nice try, you know, you missed this spot or whatever... Guys, very early, we just back off, whether intentional or not intentional, conscious or unconscious. One of the best things you can do to reward good behavior, give that dog a treat. Good job, good effort, good effort. You got a little closer, you know what I'm saying? I'm a dad, so I'm saying it to myself, you know? Good job, good effort, good boy, you know? All right? Just don't do it respectfully. Tie in number one. Okay. Number four. Here's, here's one specific. I got a couple specific ones, just so we did, like we did with the moms. Wives, one of the things that you could really do if you want to honor, honor fathers in your life, support his need for solitude, accomplishment, and adventure. Different guys need this in different varying degrees. And let me just quick give a disclaimer, and then we'll come back to this. The disclaimer is we will talk at different times as a church about when it, when when it becomes dysfunctional and guys are workaholic, guys are neglecting the home side of things. All right, I am not saying encourage that. We'll dr- address that. We'll spend whole series on that. So let go of that right now and just listen to what I'm saying. Um, and what I'm saying is, guys, we have this need, most of us, for those things. And it comes from hundreds, it comes from thousands of years of collective memory. It comes from biology. It comes from culture. It comes from everywhere. We have been throughout history workers and warriors and, and all this type of stuff and hunters. It, and so for, for us to not be able to get that out, it, it, it just kills us. And so even in those situations where, yes, you wish they were not spending more time at the office, or yes, you wish they didn't need to cave, or yes, they didn't need to go out and do something, you need to support that once in a while. Even when you're saying, okay, dear, I wish you were home more, 
But you know what? You go out there, and on this trip, you give your best. You go get them. Um, one of, one of the, the scenes that jumped out at me was uh, Spider-Man. I think it was Spider-Man 2. And at the end, um, it's revealed that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And, uh, and so he's trying his best to say, okay, I'm going to be now Mr. Domestication. And, and there's his, what's the girlfriend? Mary Jane. There's Mary Jane. And, and, and they're, they're having this conversation. And, and he's like, I'm going to try to be a good boy. But then the siren starts going. And he's kind of like, okay, I, I need, I, 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 I. And what does she say to him? She says, go get him, tiger. Go get him, tiger. Oh, you want to add some spice to your marriage? <laughs> I'm telling you, I mean this, I mean this. You start, you figure out how you can say, go get him, tiger. Because what that does in a guy is, especially a guy who's trying to honor, who's trying to honor the Lord, all right? Stick with me, I'm serious on this. Okay, maybe it's just me. I'll have this conversation with Laura. No, I'm, I'm serious. If, 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 if a guy can get a sense of a go get him, tiger, it makes him want to be home too, but he needs to go get him, tiger. Also, does that make sense? All right, we got to move on from this one really fast. All right, number five, um, teen guys. Here is one of the best ways. Where, where are teen guys? Teen, all right, one of the best ways you can honor your dad is by doing your best. There are some fathers, it's dysfunctional, and they want you to win all the time. You can't control that, but you can give your best. One of the most dishonoring things for a father is a slacker son. And I know it's just... It should only be reflective on them, but it's reflective on the whole household. So, teen guys, one of the best things you can do, and I don't see any slackers, so I can't make eye contact with any of you and call you out. But that, okay, I'm preaching the choir. All right, honor them with your effort. And then teen girls, oh, teen girls. I'm a dad of two girls. Let dad protect you. Let dad protect you. And that's going to be really hard, but let him. He, that's one of the best ways to show him honor. There is this thing that, that, that comes in dads, even dads whose lives are a train wreck. It, it, it kicks in. They want to protect. Listen to what he says about boys. I am serious about that. Listen to what he says. When, when, he's, when he's checking on your car, you know, just to make sure it's extra safe, when he's checking in, let him do that. That's one of the ways you can honor him. And then the last one, this was a great one. This was sent in by one of the dads. Trust him with the truth. It may not be what he wants to hear, but that is a way to show honor. To say, Dad, I'm going to trust you with the truth. Here's the full story. That's a great way to show honor. So those are some practical ways. They're not all the best ways. I'm sure there's a lot of you know, myself in there too, um, as evident by my overindulgence in number four. But the, 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 point, is, the point is there are practical things you can do. And that's, that's how I want to you know, close today is, is with this idea of practical. Because I never want to get up and just, and, and, and when we have this sacred time where we're opening up God's word, I never want to just waste that time and, and only do Bible trivia. I, in fact, there's, there's two questions that for the longest time I've always wrote in red ink in all my notes before I start the message. What do you want people to know and what do you want them to do? And, and this time, it's pretty straightforward. What do, we want, what do I want you to know? I believe this is what God wants you to know. Fathers, live honorable lives. Every, the rest of us, let's honor our fathers. That's what we should know. What do I want you to do? Fathers, live honorable lives. <laughs> what do we want you know, to, to know? Yeah, yeah, to do that. That's it. And then the rest of us, let's, um, let's honor our, our parents. But I really feel con- convicted that one of the things I want to do a better job of is to, to add this third question as I'm preparing. Where's the gospel? Where's the gospel? What does this mean in light of a people who already are accepted by God? What does this mean in the light of, of, of a reality that we cannot do this on our own strength and we don't have to? 
What, do we do? How, what does this mean in light of a, a people who don't need to hear, get out there and try harder and try harder because you're just going to fall? What does it mean in light of the gospel? And as I was asking that question, again, our devotions were great this week. Let's take a look quick, very quickly at Galatians chapter 3. This was um, Wednesday and Thursday's reading was from Galatians. Look how this ties in. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, including the Ten Commandments. We were held captive by this, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under this guardian. For in Christ, you are all sons of God through faith and daughters of God. For as many of you who are baptized into Christ and put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you are one in Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Here's the gospel. Dads, you have no shot of living a completely honorable life. And the rest of us have no shot at always honoring our father and mother. And that law was in place as a guardian because, boy, if you ignore that and trample over that, your life is going to be a complete mess. It's a guardian, but it can't do what a relationship with Christ can, and that is to have a deep understanding that you are accepted and forgiven just as you are, and then that now no longer are you going in your own strength, but you are enabling to, to, to cry out to God and say, God, I need you to change me. And you can begin to see that over time. And you can say, God, I need you to help them see the changes. Or I need you to help change them. You, you're able to call upon this power that is the strongest power in the universe, and it no longer falls on your shoulders. But rather, you can just cry out to that God. There's the gospel. So in light of that, if we can have our worship band come up, let's close with this song called In Christ Alone, a song that is amazing, um, and it's all about saying, God, let's, let's put our full trust in you and you alone. Let's, um, let's, let's uh, pray that song together as, as we close. And Father, let's, we, we ask now that you would help us to do those things we learned about last week where, where we can, can take these words and we can make them a prayer to you. So Lord, let us engage you now. We pray for your spirit to inhabit the praises of your people. We thank you that they already have. And we pray, Lord, that now you will you'll begin even the transformation happening. Just give us that new heart, that new mind, that new self, so that we can walk forth from this place, not like we came in, but we can walk forth from this place, having your mind and your heart your motivation, your power, your strength. So Lord, help us in this moment to put our our faith in you alone, not in our own strength, not in our own effort. In Jesus' name, amen.